On this episode of the Three Beers, Two Guys, One Movie Podcast, Preston, Rod, and I give our marquee picks for our favorite amputee characters. We discuss the tragically comedic documentary Finders Keepers, and then we introduce a new game to the show, which is our spinning wheel of categories. So, let's go! The always fun, always buzz, and always insightful movie review show. Uh, I'm Matthew Scott, and as always, I'm joined by our good friends, Mr. Preston Barnes and Mr. Rod Budman. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, Matthew. Doing Rod, well. you doing great? Doing great. Good, doing well, great. I feel like, Glad I mean, I really don't give a shit how you're doing. I just feel like it's polite to ask. Uh, so today we're... Appreciate uh, that. <laughs> Today we're reviewing, uh, was it, uh, Finders Keepers, a documentary that's on Amazon Prime. But before we get started doing that, before we get to our picks, we're going to do a little housekeeping, just talk about how we're now on Stitcher, uh, all these platforms that our podcast just got on. So we're now on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, uh, Podcorn, and Podbay. We also started the Facebook page with the Three Beers, two, two Guys, One Movie Pod. So go and like that, follow everything on there, and give us a you know shout out, like, comment, whatever. All right, so before we get into the movie review, we're going to do our marquee picks. And since the uh, what the documentary is about a guy who loses his leg and there's a custody battle over it, so we decided to do our top three favorite amputee characters in television and film. And our first, who's going first tonight, we already pre-decided it. So, Rod, Rod, you're going first? Rod's going first. Rod, you get the first pick, and then Preston will go second, and I'll go third, and we'll go around like usual. Bullshit! Oh, so we spun. I up mean, a do you want to go first, Preston? <laughs> you you go ahead, Ron. Let's see what you got. Okay, my number three pick is going to be Randy Quaid in Kingpin. <laughs> that is a great one. Damn, didn't even think about that one. Randy, actually, very good pick. I figured you were going to choose that one, so I went three. Is actually probably my favorite character, but I wanted to get to use it. That is, I mean, can't argue with that one. I absolutely love that movie. All the characters are great. Roy Munson. Wait, is it, wait, am I uh, missing something? Oh, or is it, oh, Roy, no, Roy no, is you the meant Woody Harrelson. Yeah, you meant Woody Harrelson, not Randy Quaid. I was thinking I'd never seen the damn movie before. <laughs> we got to do a retake. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I was uh, thinking, no, no. wait, is that, is that yeah, hair no. he wears? Is Dude, we got to do a retake. We yeah, have to no, do a no. retake. <laughs> It's fantastic this way. All right, so Hold on. Fuck you. I I think Robert Rod, it's because you 
I looked hating on Woody Harrelson last couple times. Yeah, damn it. You've seen too much Woody lately. So is your favorite character Randy Quaid's character or uh, Woody Harrelson's character? Or you it's just... Munson. Okay, yeah, of course. You don't want to get Munson done. I think Rod just Munson this part right here. Yeah, so I've Munson my pick. <laughs> that is a great pick, though. <laughs> Randy Quaid's hair. That, I mean, that could be like an honorable mention. It's not yeah. really an amputee, but... Or Bill like... Murray's hair. Uh, yeah. It's definitely hair. You just munsoned yourself. I know, it's yeah. definitely a wig that gets added on, so it probably could count. Um, okay, Preston, do you want to go? I think we've we've covered that one enough. Yeah, uh, my number three is uh, Carl Weathers as Chubbs Peterson and Happy, <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. There's really not much to say. I mean, obviously, great great lines. Damn alligator bit my hand off. Well, it's also um, but he keeps like some shrine. It's like a paper mache arm that he wears. Right? It's not like it's not even like a good prosthetic. It's something that looks like was made in like a kindergarten art class or something like. That. <laughs> it's so bad, and, and when he when uh happy hits it off, and then it gets run over by a truck, <laughs> and he tries to put it back together, like and then shake his hand, and he's like, ah, "All right." I mean, it's misshapen and like missized and like terrible coloring it's just all around terrible yeah. and bad i mean i know that's the point but that's what makes it even funnier <laughs> i don't think much much of the film's budget was put forth towards that that hand it's it's like clearly one arm is longer than the other because it's just <laughs> yeah it's just a terrible uh prop i guess <laughs> all right, all right, Matthew. All right i'll move on i'll go uh so since I couldn't use this one last time, since we have a uh, recording that's never going to be heard before, but I did use the pick last time, but now I'm going to repurpose it. So this one's going to be the Black Knight from Monty Python. I mean, he's not technically an amputee, but he becomes an amputee. So that's what matters is he gets all of his limbs literally hacked off. And it's not just that, like, it's obviously a really funny scene, but it's also just so stupidly bloody, too, that it's not... I mean, obviously, none of it's realistic. It's just... He barely gets touched and grazed and everything just falls completely right off. And then you can tell it's like some weird hose that's shooting out blood and everything. It's just yeah. on a great scene. I just I sort of have like fond memories of it, watching it with like, you know, in weird situations and stuff like that. I remember I think the first time I saw it, I was like seven or eight. And I couldn't stop laughing. It was like me and my uncle. He was sort of like, you know, showing me like an, a cool adult movie or whatever. I was like seven. So I don't know. I think it was fun. That's insane. <laughs> Merely a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's something that sort of holds the test of time just how silly and absurd it is it's still still great still funny um so i guess it's gonna snake right back around to me so i'm gonna go to number two here uh this is gonna be one uh i don't think rod's gonna know this because i think we've already talked about how rod's never seen game of thrones but i'm going with uh sir davos seaworth who's lost four of his fingers um oh. <laughs> Not like necessarily a fun character, but just a great character in general that sort of lasts the whole series. And it's just sort of yeah. that every every main character that gets by with being smart and common sense and reasonable, always fair, always just, always a little bit witty and funny too. Just a really, really good character that's in that show. <laughs> Preston, do you remember it? <laughs> Did Preston freeze? <laughs> 
Preston just died. I've got to like edit this out. This is just like, did we all just lose each other? No, we just lost you, and you were just like staring into our computers, like you were like an animatronic that just lost its power. <laughs> It was like Disney presidents and like the power went out and you're just staring at it like you're doing right now. <laughs> Hold on, I'm making... I'm... Is your connection all right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm messing with it right now. Okay. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> funny. That was kind of interesting. I wish we could screen grab Preston's face and just looked off into the distance like he had no idea what was going on. I got uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Preston, do you have anything to say about Sir Dabo Seaworth? I know you've seen the show. I know Broad hasn't, but... Uh, no, I mean, I do love that character. Definitely didn't think about that one. So that's a good good choice there, a good pick. With some hidden gems there. So now it's, uh, it's back to Preston. We're going back to your number two before we hook around to Rods. All right. My number two is... Um, Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I just love that movie. It's it's one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. And um, the music is just incredible. It's one of his better, like, I mean, The Outsider is a big theme for Tim Burton. And that's, I would say, that's kind of his ultimate outsider uh, character from all of his films. So, I don't know. I've never yeah. seen it. Does he, is he born with the scissors or are those like, is he born with no arms and they attach scissors? I've never even seen the movie. I know obviously kind of what it is, but how does it work? Uh, I kind of forget the backstory. I, I'm, and I'm not totally sure they, they say he shows up just with, like scissors his hands. <laughs> so, I mean, you would think though, that like that would be a very painful experience for the mother if he was born with scissors. So like it wouldn't like, <laughs> oh, God. Sense at all. Well, no, I'm just saying, I've never seen it and I've always wondered. I guess I've been too lazy to like Wikipedia it, but I'm just curious how it worked. Matthew, yeah, just go ahead, Preston. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. Like the first scene is uh, his birth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a C section performed by him. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Scissorhands. Oh, keep grooving. Let's okay, next. Uh, it's Rod's turn for. Uh... After his <laughs> MacGuffin. All right. Uh, okay. My number two pick is going to be Chris Elliott in Scary Movie 2. Dana's <laughs> take hold of my strong hand. I thought about him. I didn't know if it would count, but no, that's a great one. And I've honestly been like watching a ton of old Chris Elliott clips from the old David Letterman show. He's so, so, so funny as like a younger He's hilarious. Dude, it's great. But no, that scene is so funny. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. whole is so funny and when he sticks his hand, like when he stick it inside the turkey or whatever, it's just so, so, yeah. so. <laughs> it's like, I like to step it, step it real good. <laughs> Don't he like stir the mashed potatoes with like this actual <laughs> Yeah, and then he, like, it. it's that whole dinner scene is so funny, and they're all clearly grossed out by him and that hand. And take my strong hand. Don't uh, worry, that is that is very good. All right, so uh, Rod, you get your last pick before we go all the way back around. Um, I'm gonna go with 
I guess I'm going to have to go with um, Obi-Wan Kenobi cutting off Anakin's legs. Oh, God damn it, dude. I thought that was like, I thought nothing over Star Wars people. So you're going with Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sure. That's good. what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, did all right, did so you, you have Darth? I had Darth Vader as my number one, but I've got some modern woman show so no big deal. So that's actually, I mean, I thought yes. I thought y'all wouldn't remember that. I, I didn't think Robert, right. I mean, Rod would be Star Wars. I'm going to edit that up. That. Well, there's an obvious other Star Wars one. I know there is, but uh, he's not as, I feel like he's kind of an annoying character rather than a fun character. But yeah, I mean, Star, uh, Darth Vader, probably the best what? villain of all time. What are you talking about? What? Who are you talking uh, about? Luke Skywalker gets his hand okay. cut. In, uh, the yeah. second. I find him, he's just kind of a little bratty character. I don't really like him that much. Um, no, but Darth Vader, iconic movie villain, comes with his own theme song, awesome choke moves, fantastic one-liners with uh, James Earl Jones doing the voice. I think everyone wanted to duplicate that when they were younger. No, I mean, I almost, I almost made that pick and uh, Skywalker, but I okay. didn't. Okay, well, Preston, then it's, uh, it's your pick to go for number two. Finish it well, off. Yeah, I thought somebody was going to say this character, but very iconic character from one of the great movies, uh, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was too obvious, but I didn't want to do it. But no, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Scump, obviously. Classic movie. Uh, following a mentally challenged guy, becoming a massive, massive more success than we'd all become. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan Ice Cream. Uh, I love the explanation. Whatever it was in uh, Tropic Thunder when he's talking about going uh, full retard or whatever. And what's he say? It's like runs marathons, goddamn war hero, ping pong champion. <laughs> he's like, slow, but not retarded. <laughs> yeah, never go full retard. I just love how he mentions ping pong champion because it's such a, I guess it's just such a simple game, but like it's fun that it's funny that he like, I, I wonder how that got written to it, that he just masters ping pong. Uh, I, I always thought. Kind of a big I, part too. I know, but like, I, I mean, obviously he's a fantastic at returning it because it's just, he never is distracted, but I feel like he's got the most simple serve in the world. I feel like he'd get aced on him. Robert, I mean, Rod, what do you think about his serve? Well, I think uh, he has very similar form to a, legend we knew at college lodge who also, <laughs> who also had a little bit of learning disability named, named castle oh, yeah. oh my god wow he was always at the table and he, well, he always was, won he was always studying he always just mastered the how the spear bounced back and forth i guess it's it was kind of just castle he's like the dennis rodman of ping pong I was just about to say, I was just like that episode of Lost, Last Dance where Dennis Rodman explained how like the ball was bouncing off the rim, like Castle was just constantly studying how it reacted to the uh, ping pong paddle. It's a uh, great scene, by the way. <laughs> I, love, I mean, it's it, that is so silly. I mean, but you, he's the best of all time at it, but he simplifies it to the point. It's like, here, I'll go there, here, I'll go there. Like, it's like, oh, okay, it's that simple. It didn't have anything to do with you being six. Yeah. Freakishly athletic. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't that athletic, though. Like, that's the thing. Well, he was, and he wasn't, but he wasn't as tall as like a lot of other rebounders. He wasn't as athletic. He just was like dude, good was at a getting a hand on the ball. And and I think he did. I mean, he he said he was like, I would get the shooters on my team, and they would shoot, and I would just like watch all the different ways the ball would go and spin. He was one of the first people that could guard like one through five, like in the modern, started modernizing, being able to guard everybody type defense. Yeah, uh, no, I mean. I mean, it takes an athlete to do that. 
Yeah, <laughs> smart basketball player. Yeah, I'll let you. Okay, uh, we're gonna move on to uh, my number one since uh, <laughs> Rod, Rod took this one. Now I have to go into my nerdy Harry Potter knowledge, and I'm going into uh, yeah. Mad Eye Moody, who yeah. is missing an eye. I think he's also missing a leg. I can't remember. I feel like he either he has a gimp in his leg. I think he is missing yeah. like half a leg. He definitely is missing an eye. Um, like I said, I had Darth Vader number one, but this is going to be number one now. But he's he's still a great character, especially in the books. He's, he's more fun in the books than he is in the movies. But uh, sure. <laughs> always a little bit crazy, always a little bit outlandish. Uh, always somebody that you want to, like, go get a beer with because he'll tell you crazy stories about fights he used to be in and stuff like that. Yeah. But just maybe pull the character. eye out. Yeah, pull the eye out, pull the leg out, let you have a go with the eye. <coughs> oh, excuse me. All right, so that's going to wrap up the marquee picks. Uh, anything else to add? Any honorable mentions you guys have that you want to at least give a shout-out to before we move on to Finders Keepers? Yeah, I'd like to shout-out Tony Todd uh, as Daniel Ribitali from The Candyman. Um, let's see. Remember the movie The Fugitive? <laughs> the one-armed man that the one <laughs> the one-armed man yeah with um, wesley snipes no, no harrison Ford. Ford. he was in the he was in u.s marshals okay um, u.s marshals yeah he's he's the guy he's, there he's going, the fugitive to, yeah robert downey jr is the bad guy in u.s marshals right it doesn't, it doesn't matter go ahead uh, well then obviously we <laughs> talked about uh hook last time so yeah. Justin hoffman and then I don't know if you ever saw the movie Ex Machina, but the actress who played Ava, it's a really cool film. So that was kind of cool, dude. Wait, are you saying the actress is amputated or are you saying the her character? Her character. Okay. Uh, I only have one extra one. I was just going to, I chose one Game of Thrones character. I could have chose two. I was going to do Jamie Lannister because he gets his hand cut off. Uh, Rod, did you have any extras that you came up with or did you? Yeah. I think we covered it in our third episode, but it's a movie called The Bad Batch. Yeah. Um, probably, probably, des- probably deserves worth mentioning. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we just, had a whole... uh, if you guys don't know about the movie, you may want to go check out episode three. Yeah, go check out the movie and then go listen to our episode. Rod and I discussed The Bad Batch and how, how much fun and exhilarating movie that was. Actually, it was really fun. <laughs> It actually was great. It featured like all sorts of can like Keanu Reeves. You would never know Keanu Reeves did it with like never was advertised like that. Jim Carrey was in that movie, and so was Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, I mean, had some like big name celebrities. And I didn't even know about it until Rod mentioned it and we talked about it. All right, <clears throat> so that's gonna wrap up the marquee picks. We're gonna move on to just a couple minor points and then about. Uh, Finders Keepers, and then we'll spin the wheel and have a little fun with that. We're going to introduce the wheel this time, but no need to get into it now. So uh, since Rod started the uh, <laughs> the marquee picks, Preston, do you want to kick it off with uh, just a, one thing you want to talk about with Finders Keepers? Um, really good documentary. I guess we'll kind of start towards the beginning, but, um, and for those that don't know, like it's about two guys in particular, this one guy's leg, has been amputated, and what he basically uh, put it in a grill in his storage, <laughs> and then a guy well, uh, bought it because he couldn't pay rent, so he lost. Wait, Matthew, you you got it. You go ahead. Okay, all right. So the, the, this guy gets in a plane wreck with his dad. The dad dies. He's obviously his son. Uh, the guy's name is John. He's obviously incredibly devastated about it, but uh, his dad dies. He loses his leg. John does. 
And the hospital, instead of, I don't know, disposing of it or do, what, doing what normal hospitals do, they gave it to him in a plastic bag, <laughs> which I feel like is odd procedure. He goes home, uh, mummifies it, like puts all sorts of, you know, uh, what a chemical bombs it, yeah, embalms it somehow, and then uh, sort of forgets about it. And he uh, winds up becoming addicted to drugs and stuff because of what he gets prescribed. I think he was already kind of like a drug addict, but the surgery and stuff from the amputation, they give him Oxycontin. He winds up sort of going down a bad path, not being able to pay his rent for the storage unit, which he decides to put the uh, leg in or whatever. And so he can't pay the rent. Somebody comes and gets buys the rights to the property in the storage unit. And now he owns the leg, so to speak. And that's where the main conflict is. Does this guy own the leg? His name's Shannon Wisnat, or does the guy whose leg it actually sort of used to be attached to, John, own the leg? So that's where we get started. Uh, that's where yeah. the conflict is. Uh, but go ahead. So uh, in the process of once John gets his leg back from the hospital and he's embalming it and all this stuff, there's a, there's a time where he doesn't know what to do with his leg and he knows a friend who works at the local Hardee's and he gets it stored in, I guess, one of their freezers and apparently it was like above all the meat. Wait, I missed this. This, this must have been early on. The doc I must have This is early, yeah. And he's like, I think he's talking about it. Either he's talking about it or his sister is. And yeah, he, bas he basically took it to the local Hardee's to a friend. <laughs> the friend, he like, they, they like did a handoff in the back and uh, the friend put it uh, like in the freezer above the meat or something like that. <laughs> either either later that day or later in the week or at some point, he goes and gets it back, but he doesn't, he, they don't do it at the back of the uh, Hardee's. He goes and gets the person to bring it to him through the drive through window. <laughs> Man, I must have been like making food or something during this. I do not remember that. I do remember like uh, <laughs> that like when he wants to meet up with like Shannon to discover like Shannon wants to discuss business with him about how like <laughs> it's like, let's make a lot of money. Let's get rich off this leg. They like Shannon <laughs> wants to meet in the parking lot of the Dollar General. <laughs> so it's like where all business is conducted. <laughs> I don't know. There's all sorts of like weird locations in this uh, in this documentary, like rural areas. It's like, hey, it looks at me that the classy, uh, the classiest establishment in town, the, uh, the subway, <laughs> the recently paved parking lot of the Dollar General. Uh, oh but, man! No, I, do, I, I guess this is Rod. Do you remember this like Hardy story? I, guess, uh, I do remember the Hardy story, and I definitely remember the meetup. Do we know um, where where they're located? I've forgotten. North Carolina, but John, it's a maiden, 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 North Carolina. But John, okay. the guy who the amputated guy, John, he uh moved somewhere to like rural South Carolina, and that's why he wasn't like, yeah, to like pay the rent. I mean, whether he had the money or not, I don't know, but he wasn't there. He like now lives in South Carolina or something like that. <coughs> um, <laughs> if that is a story told by this kind of follows into something I just kind of want to talk to, like I'm a really, really small point or whatever. But so John, the guy who's amputated, obviously has uh, a bunch of people telling his side of the story. And one of them's his sister and his brother-in-law. And there's really nothing to this other than I just thought the brother-in-law like always had this sort of childish grin on his face the whole time. Like he couldn't believe that somebody from the movies was in his house kind of thing. Like he like, the, it was really funny because like the wife, his John's sister, was telling like really tragic stories about like broken relationships in their family between John and like the mom and 
mom and the sister and John and the sister and how the dad maybe was absent and some of this stuff. And the whole time, this guy with the ponytail, like her husband's just sitting there like smiling, like, okay, when's it my turn to talk? I just want to talk. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like oh, he, man. He read the moment you could tell, like he really cared about John and like his sister, but it, like you could just tell For he sure. also had childish wonder that there was a camera in his house it was just so almost distracting because i was constantly watching his face and his sister was telling me sort of tragic events in their family history <laughs> yeah i guess i mean that i certainly thought that it, it's so funny you say that because that was my reaction like towards the second time they showed that i guess they're in their kitchen yeah he started yeah. to smile and i was like this guy seems really jazzed about going over this story again like <laughs> He just had this like shit-eating grin, like, "Oh man, here we go. We got camera crews in here. I'm about to tell this story again." And they they kept, you know, they kept talking over each other, and like, and then the, the daughter comes in, who had some really strong opinions, by the way. Oh, and she would just butt in if she had something to say, which more power to her for feeling comfortable yeah. to do that. But uh, yeah, she was just like, "Yeah, I can't remember the exact thing she was saying, but no, she definitely had no." didn't lack confidence in terms of what she wanted to say in front of the TV show or TV cameras or whatever. <coughs> uh, all right. So that was just a little, little thing. Yeah. But he was like, I remember him like kind of telling the story about he that like John was addicted to Oxycontin and selling off all this stuff. And he yeah. just said it with like these smiles on his face. Like, <laughs> and, and I, I think it was either him or the sister who, when they were talking about uh, when he had like the leg, when he first got his leg back, they're like, yeah, he wrapped it up like a doobie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, what a. Ugh, what, the, the weird thing is, like, they kind of seem like I don't want to say backwoods or like rednecks, but they came from a pretty like affluent home. So, like, at least the sister and John should—I uh, should say should—but like, they definitely were educated in good schools and stuff like that. But they still kind of sound—they're definitely very rural. I don't think they, they, they don't lack intelligence, but they—you definitely—they definitely have like a lack of maybe like. If that makes sense, I don't want to sound uh, yeah. rude. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know it if uh, you watched it. Okay, uh, Rod, you got a, a point you want to bring up, or you that you um, to, you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, no. To your point of them kind of coming from, you know, obviously the man had a plane, and then also yeah. that's kind of where the resentment comes from Shannon and not wanting to give the guys leg back because he didn't get to, he didn't get to have his birthday party at john <laughs> hall's backyard yeah is that you remember I mean, that, that, that part yeah, oh, yeah. i mean they I, had to have known each other or, yeah. or i think they knew that that family was like the richest family the, in that yeah. area yes yeah. he was like if you didn't have your party there you was a nobody and yeah, i was a nobody yeah, so I, I guess uh, I, I think the assumption was that you were supposed to like draw the conclusion that they at least knew of each other. At least Shannon knew of John. Yeah, and maybe did not know of Shannon, but uh, it's like it seemed more personal to, sh to yeah. Shannon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, they. I guess they never really did. Either they didn't get good footage or some a good quote from, him, but they never seemed to address that with John in terms of like, did you know who he was, kind of thing, and. Or like, like he knew who you were. Did you know who he was? Kind of thing. They didn't really drive that point home. I wish they maybe would have kind of made that point. I think he did say he didn't know who he was, but they didn't like kind of tie those two things together this way. I because it, it didn't leave it a hundred percent clear. But I think you were supposed to come to that conclusion, like Rod said. 
<laughs> but it was, yeah, it was kind of funny. It seemed like Shannon knew every bit about John's old birthday parties. Like he would show up at school and people would like, he could like, they were like, oh, were you at John's house this weekend for the birthday party? And he's like, no, you know, like it's still, it's like from that scene from the <laughs> office where Michael Scott recalls all of oh, his bad God. birthdays and it like, it's like one through 30. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> actually, that was my worst birthday. Actually, that was my worst birthday. Oh, <laughs> no, no. That's what I kind of get from but I mean, yeah, Shannon definitely was super bitter about that to that point. Like when he got the leg and like he was get, like using it for like publicity and trying to like turn it into like a little sideshow attraction or whatever. He was going on all those radio shows and he like was sitting like really mean shade at John in terms of like, well, this guy's all like a rich daddy. And he thought he was an airplane mechanic and an airplane pilot or whatever. But then I guess he flew a little too close to the sun and died or whatever. It was just like really, really inappropriate shit that he was talking about. Like you could tell there was some yeah, <laughs> really underlying bitterness there that towards somebody that he didn't even know apparently. So it's like, he just was bitter about not growing up in the same sort of status or with the same amount of money or whatever. Yeah. That certainly, certainly pissed John off. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna talk about my dad now. Jeez. I do. Speaking of though, like not coming from money and uh, being maybe like fighting that perception of being poor or redneck or whatever. This is one point I did want to talk about was that uh, every time this also speaks to the point that Shannon was always desperate to be famous, but it seemed like every single time that like they would have like some local news footage of Shannon, like taking out the grill or whatever, he was always like dressed in like slacks and a button down. Like he was dressing up in like a nice little, like his nicest clothes to put on yeah. a roadside attraction with a, like a mummified foot and a grill. Like he was just going to stand out his property and like slacks and a button down like come look at my that's dad's foot that's his judge Mattis attire yeah well that's the thing is like he came from the poor poor family and he always dressed a little bit not at least when the cameras were on he dressed nicer John was always sort of dressed in like weird shirts and stuff like that but Shannon like yeah. definitely tried to like look his best but it's just sort of like the uh, the weird juxtaposition of Shannon dressing up and like nice slacks and a button down like hawking some weird side show attraction of looking at my mummified foot or whatever on the side of the road it's always just funny to me <laughs> like, foot man I'm the foot man <laughs> which I mean I love that quote when, he's, when he said he's like uh, he's like I've had countless people come up to me and say that uh, I've got the best business mind they've ever heard of or something what was yeah, it like what he I've, said I've got it right here I've got it right here he goes I'm pretty sure y'all already can tell but, I, <laughs> but I'm he said but I'm very smart <laughs> and then his mantra was like win win winning and I started I was like oh, this guy's yeah. like He's like a, a redneck Trump or like a, a, Char, a Charlie Sheen or something. <laughs> no, it is. It's very like Michael Scott-esque where he's like trying to put a phrase together and then he realizes midway that it's not coming together, but then he just commits to it still sort of thing. He's like, well, when you're win and win winning, you want to be win win winning. <laughs> yeah. Can. If you can, you want to be win win winning. And winning some more, like kind of, it was like something just like you could almost see like his brain like pause yeah. for and say this isn't working, but the cameras are on. And I sound like an idiot. I gotta keep going to try to fix the problem. He said it like 
four times in a row. Just like win, win, winning, win, win, winning. That was when he was getting his hair cut, trying to like look nice for the cameras. And he also, during that, he opened that little dialogue with, yeah, I think I'm most like Eddie Murphy and Delirious. Unless <laughs> he say Eddie Murphy and Raw, or as he said Eddie Murphy and Delirious or something like that. Which I think he said Raw. Raw. <laughs> he said, well, is Eddie Murphy and Raw when he has a little red suit, or is that Delirious? Either way, I think in both of them, like he dresses up in these little tight leather things, which I just thought was super funny that Shannon, the super fat guy, like associated himself with the <laughs> the comedian wearing the tightest, like little tiny leather outfits in the world. Like it's <laughs> Rod, have you never seen Eddie Murphy Raw, Eddie Murphy Delirious, or one of those things? Uh, well, they're both, uh, well, I mean, they're both like like classic comedy stand-up uh, specials or whatever. But it's Eddie Murphy like in his prime, and he like wears these like outrageous like tight leather outfits yeah. or whatever. Uh, Raw, I mean, Raw is when he has the uh, the purple. Okay, so Delirious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just like I thought he would try to say like sam kennison or someone that was kind of close to his right. size <laughs> eddie murphy <laughs> he goes african-american small dude in leather <laughs> it's just oh, um all right so i kind of got to that uh <laughs> rod do you have anything else to say or preston you got anything else to say uh about that I know, just anything in general. I've, I've sort of like, we've kind of gone through some of the stuff I would have said, and then we'll get to the wheel, whatever, but I know everyone's got uh, some to talk about. I, I mean, say, it's not, yeah, go ahead, Rod. I would say that it's, um, it's really, it's kind of a sad movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, the one part that's really sad is when they go to like the plane site, plane crash site, and they're like, you know, what were his last words to you? And he just looks at him, and he goes, nothing. And, you know, he's, he's like, he didn't say anything. And it's like it doesn't hit him, like, how big of a moment it was and how he had dealt with it. But, you know, yeah. he, he, go, he goes on to explain, you know, that he had a heart attack, he couldn't talk, but he's right. not like, he's not like nothing because he had a heart attack, he couldn't say anything. He's just like, nothing. I don't know if. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I bet. Or he's like, wait, it was almost like you thought, like, people say something right before they die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, well, I mean, me? the whole thing is definitely some type of, like, unresolved relationship with his dad. And that's kind of like what he sort of attaches himself to this foot because it was part of that accident that sort of ended his dad's ability, you know, his, his dad's life and therefore their ability to sort of mend their relationship or whatever. So he's constantly always... I guess that's what they say is like why he becomes so sort of attached to that foot, you know, because it's connected to his accident that was with his dad and who kind of yeah. meant so much to him. Their and relationship then, was sort of distant and maybe not distant, but like he said, he never really met his dad's approval. So he's always sort of chasing that or whatever. So that's part of the tragedy in it is that like even after his dad's passed, he still can't sort of get over that feeling that he wasn't good enough for his dad sort of thing. Like it, it's, yeah. it's, well, that's when his addiction. <laughs> His addiction and, and drinking, all that got even worse, you know, and he just, he got so sucked up in this whole leg saga that it got, yeah, it got worse before it got better. And I mean, you know, if you've seen, if we've all seen it, but it becomes kind of a redemption story for him. And, and Shannon kind of goes the opposite way. It's like the inverse of that. 
Yeah, well, they, I mean, I think they, they sort of draw all these parallels between John and Shannon. And, like, uh, obviously, they, they brought up, like, Shannon's past with his dad. Like, he sort of had a more, like, abusive sort of distant relationship with his dad. And he was sort of always trying to get his dad's attention by, like, acting up and being funny. Yeah. And that's how Shannon wants to be, like, an entertainer sort of thing. Right. The, the leg thing has nothing to do with Shannon's relationship with his dad, but it does have sort of something to do with his need for attention and need to feel like loved and need to sort of like have people laughing kind of thing. So it's like, yeah. it's two people that sort of had childhood trauma, so to speak with like daddy issues. And they're both sort of have found some sort of weird way to go about it with this leg. It's, it is sad. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I mean, the leg almost <laughs> set as, as the film gets to its last little bit. I mean, it, it this, the leg seems a little secondary to just like a, the story about, like the human condition and these guys and like, yeah, I mean, everything you just said, Matthew, I mean, I, I, it's, it becomes just, it starts off funny and then becomes kind of sad. And, and you find yourself after just thinking more and more about uh, those two guys and not really the leg. I mean, the leg is crazy. And yeah, it's, it's like, it's their connector um, to put it one way, but it's, it it seems a little secondary to me. Well, the weird thing about Shannon is like it, I, I think like he comes across maybe a little bit as the villain, uh, and he is sort of like a weirdo and sort of has yeah. like gets driven too much by fame or whatever. But he is in some ways a sympathetic character as well. But the weird thing about him is that he was willfully trying to sort of uh, what do you want to say uh, profit off of John's tragedy, whether it's uh, just like his leg, but also sort of telling the story about how it happened in a plane crash or whatever, and he was yeah. trying to make money off of it. And like the irony is is that in the end, like, Shannon becomes somewhat famous off of it and gets on that show that's called, what's it called, like, Dukes of Haggle or whatever. Oh, and, gosh, and that were, scene was tough. And they were exploiting him, and, like, it, and it's sort of, you understand, like, so, like, he was trying to exploit John's tragedy, and then he gets famous off of it, and then the show starts exploiting him to try to get famous itself, <laughs> right? So it's almost like yeah. he got what he wanted, but he got it in, like, a reverse sort of way. And right. It's, it's like... And he really, he's he's smart enough to realize it, and it's I don't just like know. I think I don't know if he is. Well, he's smart enough to know that they were using him. I don't know if oh, he like yeah, understands. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think he understands the grand irony of it. But he he did yeah. understand that they were using him for like as a hick. They did they didn't think that he was funny or interesting. They just thought he was a dumb hick and he could yeah. make interesting TV thing. They didn't want his ideas. They just wanted him to act dumb and sort of act stupid. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. When he realizes that, it's just kind of like, oh, gosh. Uh, this, this, this has gone real, real dark for Shannon. Yeah, no, it's heartbreaking because like they showed him like trying to act with like talk to the producers and stuff. And he was trying to spitball his ideas and say, like, I'm ready to star in this. And they were like, yeah, 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 Shannon, just go act like a retard. Oh, shit, I shouldn't say that. Go act like an idiot. I'm going to take that out. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's really, really sad because he thought he was sort of making this break or whatever. And then uh, and then they clearly were just exploiting him for just being sort of this. Um, Woods hit kind of guy and he, he sort of breaks up over it and <clears throat> that does lead to like the saddest part of the, the the documentary I thought was sort of like that realization where he was <laughs> in the back waves in like his wife was getting interviewed sort of about the whole situation yeah and they clearly <laughs> he was just sitting in the dark in the background I think it was in the dark because they probably needed lighting for like the show or whatever like but he was just sitting there listening to her like you don't see him until he speaks up but she says something about him I don't remember. And he's like, can I talk about this? Can I say this? And it, like they cut to him. 
and he's in the dark on the couch, like clearly kind of fucked up. It almost looks like he was like crying too. And yeah. he just, he, it looks like he was just like completely broken. And he was talking about like, if I die and I'm chasing my dream of trying to be an entertainer, if I just make one person laugh, then it was all worth it. But that's my dream and I'm going to die doing it kind of thing. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I, he, ne- he like never got the hint, even after like the Duke of Haggle thing. And his, I mean, like, yeah, I think it speaks to his his trauma from childhood and, and how like, yeah, he just never could escape it. And that scene was just like the pinnacle. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, like just when maybe you thought he would get it, and because he he starts to express a lot of frustration, he's just like fuck all this, like yeah, I, I sh- like I'm so tired of the. He's like I'm out of the leg business or something like. That. <laughs> Does he say that? Does he say I'm out of the leg business? I'm done with like all this leg shit. Yeah, something like that. And then you think like, okay, maybe he's moving on. He's just gonna go back to you know selling random shit to people in the community. But then he, uh, then he, yeah, he has that moment where he's. Yeah, clearly drunk and just spills spills his hopes and dreams, and it's just like, oh shit. Yeah, that's uh, sad. Uh, do you have anything to add to like, Shannon's tragedy or anything else you want to talk about before we get to the uh, introduction of the wheel? Um, because I think only we're gonna... the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, I, I think it's sad, but a little little part of me wants to believe that. Both John and Shannon got the last laugh, and maybe this was produced by like a shell <laughs> shell production company that they have. It was produced uh, by the people who did King of Kong. Okay, well, oh, then, wow. thank you for crushing that hope. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> it was a sad movie, though. Yeah, well, I mean, there is there is some redemption. I don't know if there's any monetary redemption, and I, well, obviously Shannon uh, has since passed, which is pretty sad. But yeah. Um, uh, this episode's dedicated to Shannon Witness or whatever it was. Yeah. Wasn't that? <laughs> Which, um, like, I, I I was just looking him up just to see, you know, we watch these movies, especially documentaries. You want to see what's going on with these people. And then uh, I just went to his Twitter account and he had one until he died. And the last thing it was, like, his wife just like, <coughs> like, hey, this is Shannon's wife. Shannon yeah. died of a heart attack. Yeah, I, I did like, that. Oh, exactly shit. how I found that too was I did the exact same thing. I was trying to look him up. There was like no Wikipedia page, no like website or anything. And I did the exact same thing you did. And I read like the pinned tweet. And I guess I just didn't even realize that it was real until I had to like go back and Google it to see that it was real. I, I like Shannon's wife, he's dead. Sin thoughts and prayers kind of like it was so like it was abrupt. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> all right. Do we want to? We want to get to the wheel. Rod, you ready for the wheel? So we introduce, uh, <coughs> we'll introduce the, uh, ca- uh, not characters, the, uh, the categories. So, uh, we got over under is one. Put me in your movie is two. You be the judge. Would you rather factor fiction, fighting words? Uh, then you have a lose your turn whammy, which will add a sad sound effect too if somebody lands on that. Uh, to be or not to be. You've got to be huh. shedding. You got to be shedding me. Interesting. That's good. Play on words. Uh, tragedy is comedy. So, <laughs> Ooh. so we'll spin these wheels. Uh, actually, I will say this: I had a really hard time coming up with topics for this because this wasn't like I, I did. Uh, like, are you sure? I did not want to be like too funny with this because I, I did think it was like kind of sad. So I didn't want to make fun of anyone. Uh, so I, these are sort of semi-basic. That's why I sort of sped up the discussion because I didn't want to 
covered too much that I already kind of had written down here that we'll get into. Uh, but who wants to be the first one? <laughs> so this is a new thing we're doing. We're just spinning this wheel. It's a little game. It adds a little fun. Uh, but we'll say since uh, Rod got to be the first with the marquee picks, Preston, this is going to be your spin. You got to answer this question. Uh, you got to, you know, be you really got to be shedding me. Got to be uh, quick and smart about it. So here we go. All the listeners out there are loving that sound. That's an authentic wheel. Uh, one. Over under, Preston. All right, so <clears throat> Shannon believes that he'll get rich by using John's mummified foot as a street side attraction. Over under on $100,000 as the amount of cash he actually thought he could earn with it. That he thought he could earn? Yeah, oh, so I'm going, it, I'm going, I'm going over. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so he, I definitely think, I wonder like how, uh, how big his brain was going with that or how big his plans think, and development was. I think millions. <laughs> I think millions. Well, like, did he foresee, like, getting other mummified, like, body parts from all, all parts of the world? Or, like, how did he, like, plan on expanding it? Or did he just think people were just going to line up outside his house trying I, to see this thing for, like, ever and ever? I think, that, I think that plus the uh, merch. Yeah, the merch. He definitely thought the merch was going to take off, which, hell, I mean, it probably could have if he was. If he you was can, you can still find it. Yeah, you can. You can uh, his wife is slinging Footman R.I.P. merchandise. <laughs> it uh, it uh, is definitely on Amazon. Uh, original Footman merchandise. It's all probably too big for me to wear, but I might actually think about getting one. I'm sure. I doubt their sizes are are. Jeez, <laughs> men's sizes. All right, uh, Rod. Do you have anything to add? To that do you think it was 100k? Less than 100k? How how ambitious do you think uh, Shannon was with this foot empire that he was going with? I think Shannon had big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's believe it or not, he was saying, watch out. <laughs> Shannon's believe yeah, it. yeah, watch out, Ripley. <laughs> Going in the Ripley business, <laughs> start catching all kinds of <laughs> legs and grills. And <laughs> That's actually probably like a, a restaurant, like a freak restaurant. He was going to open up and stuff like that. Okay, one is done. We're done with the over under. Right, it's going to be your turn. You get to answer this next question. Uh, the wheel is spinning. No whammy. Oh, 10. Tragedy Ooh. is comedy. Rod, you're going to like this one. Okay. Tragedy is comedy, Rod. The more comically tragic feud. So uh, we've, uh, <coughs> we've watched two documentaries now. And we all know uh, King of Kong. So there's three feuds we're going to talk about. What's the more tragic one, the more funny one, the more tragic one? Uh, Carol Baskins versus Joe Exotic, Shannon Wisnett versus John Wood, the one we just talked about, or Billy Mitchell versus Steve Weeb. Rod, the more entertaining, the more funny, the more tragic. Which one do you think? Steve Weeb. <laughs> the funniest Weeb. one or more tragic? Both, both more <laughs> tragic and more comedic that Billy Mitchell took that, <laughs> po that ponytail that serious. <laughs> <laughs> I what do y'all think? I think Billy Mitchell's is still the funniest character. I mean, Joe Exotic's the most outrageous, but Billy Mitchell still, with his insecurity and pettiness, is still yeah. ranks the top for me. I love that character. I love him. He's so wild, so stupid. Yeah, the, I, would think, the, I think that's what I would do. And then Joe Exotic entertaining, and then Shannon and John just tragic. Yeah, Shannon and John, they did, they got so real. I, didn't, I mean, Steve Weeb wasn't as tragic. I know he lost his job, but I think he still like had a career as a teacher and was doing well and stuff like that. It was just he sort of played like... Donkey Kong in his freaking garage. <laughs> exactly. It, <laughs> it sounds it, great. 
it just it meant so much to him you could tell and then for billy mitchell to like pay for that woman to go to the bingo parlor to hand deliver the videotape was just a little <laughs> little outrageous yeah. uh when billy mitchell answers the phone as worldwide headquarters, was it the world <laughs> headquarters it's just the saddest shit in the world but you could you could tell like he was sitting on that joke for like the whole night just waiting for the phone to ring and he like said it and he like sort of looks at the camera and smiles like he's so proud of it yeah, I mean, he just kind of had this confidence too of like I'm. He thought I think he thought he was a, a like a sincere badass. Well, no, that's because he like he lives in this sort of bubble, the the professional old man gaming bubble that <laughs> all true, he like true. lives in. So they all think he's like the king of the castle. And then here comes some guy named Steve Weave who kind of disrupts it a little bit. It sort of yeah. throws his side down. Like he doesn't live outside of that bubble, other than maybe like that's going true. to his his hot wing <laughs> recipe or whatever. <laughs> going to buy going to buy some new ties at at uh. American Eagle. <laughs> Where do you get those ties? I think it like definitely gas, not American Eagle. Like pilot gas station somewhere in like rural. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's the only place you can buy. Them. You have to stay up late at night and wait till about four a.m. on uh, entertainment TV. <laughs> you get them in like a jumbo pack of like the Patriot yeah. pack. Yeah, the Patriot pack. <laughs> 20 bald eagle American flag ties. A bald eagle comes screaming across the screen (laughs) and slashes the price in half. Yeah. (laughs) Like the founding fathers carrying like loaded assault rifles and shit. All right. So we're going to move on to that. Uh, We're going to take that uh, category there. Preston, or this this is Preston Spin. Preston Spin? Let's do this. We're eight. Oh, no. To be or not to be. I don't to be or not to be. That's uh that for those the question. Unfamiliar with Shakespeare. Uh <laughs> so this is the one that's actually related to the previous documentaries we've seen. So both Joe Exotic and Shannon Wisnat desperately wanted to be a professional entertainer. Who would you hire to perform at your party? Um <laughs> I think I would just hire Joe Exotic. <laughs> because like at least I feel like I could have a communication, like some kind of string of communication with him that would that would make sense. <laughs> and then also, I don't you would just wouldn't have to do much work. You just pay him and then let him just do his thing. I feel like Shannon would say a few things and then stop and be like, are we good? <laughs> I feel like I, I, I feel like it'd almost be the opposite with Shannon. He want to get up on stage and do like a two hour riff session about how funny it was. But Joe, oh, maybe least, so. Maybe. Joe would probably come well prepared with all of his songs and then do a little magic trick. <laughs> Joe, Joe would be so fucked up on meth. He wouldn't stop. And, <laughs> he wouldn't stop until you like forced him out of there. Like, okay, you're done. It's three in the morning. <laughs> He'd probably be more interested in those in attendance, if you know what I'm saying. He'd be using it to like scout out your friends and then get them addicted to whatever he was snorting in his uh yeah. Whatever, whatever green room you gave him, or something like that. He's like, I went from three to one husbands, or one. <laughs> I need, I need at least two more. I'm a 55 year old man, always on the lookout for a young husband. He uh, would have a funny. I have rider. tigers. <laughs> would you say, Rod? Tigers. He'd have a funny rider <laughs> for his contract. You know, like his requirements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what he required before the show. Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you think they would? What do you think Shannon would require? Just like, like uh, a big gulp. 
<laughs> Did you see that? Their dinner table. I was like, oh, man. I actually thought at one point, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if like, he's maybe had a heart attack at some point. Because he was always, he was always out of breath and drinking, like, massive sodas and, you know, eating huge plates of food. The way he was reclining when, like, his sitting position in the yeah. like, was always, like, it was almost like he was trying to be in a lazy boy, but he was actually in, like, a wooden chair. Like, he was imagining it was a lazy boy. And, like, his chin was, like, resting on it. Uh, it was just, it was like he was trying to sleep during the like, interview. Almost like he was, like, trying to, like, live inside of his imagination. <laughs> and told his, like, delusional tales of what he was doing. It was such a bizarre. Yeah. It was a uh, very, like, Jabba-like disposition. <laughs> it was just, yeah. Like, He's such, such a wild character. Okay, uh, we'll do. So this that was Preston. We'll do. We'll do uh, two more. Yeah. We don't have to get to every single category. Rod, this is going to be for you. You're the first answer. All the pressure's on you. The wheel is spinning. I'm not even looking. It's a no look wheel. Hey, okay. <laughs> respin. We get one respin. What was it? It was what we just did. It was what yeah. we just did. That was the whammy, dude. That's yeah. not true. All right. So this is. Uh, you got to be shedding me. Ooh, a light, nice little play on words here, Rod. Holy shed. Uh, you got to be shedding me. During this whole ordeal, John was a struggling addict. Are you surprised that he never attempted to settle the deal by trading his foot for something in Shannon's shed? I mean, because Shannon is like a wheeler and dealer. He has tons of merchandise, tons of everything. Do you think like he... Like the idea is that John probably wanted money to buy drugs. Are you surprised that he, he was so dedicated to getting his foot back instead of maybe trying to find something in Shannon's possession that he could sell for more drugs? It's kind of maybe a bad question, but I feel like it's like he was addicted the whole time and he never really like he was always pretty firm in his convictions on wanting the foot rather than money kind of thing. Yeah, that is. Um, hmm. I mean, I feel like I'd feel a certain connection to my foot over <laughs> any like any other item in the world. Yeah, but you're right. You know, uh, I, I don't know. Shannon's Wonderland. I never actually saw, <laughs> saw the. I never saw the inventory, so it must never, not have been very good. He was dealing for like one dollar jars. Is the most we saw him wheeling and dealing. It's like yeah. how much for that what jar? About what about that tank he the tank he was he was selling it and he was like old old tank and then he started letting it out he's like he's like that's antique air <laughs> world war ii air i mean that's a great selling line i mean it's funny. it was great it's really, it really was fantastic that's antique compressed air that's what it smelt like back in the 50s <laughs> yeah yeah that's right he did say that. Well, it like it uh, <laughs> oh my god yeah I, I did think that was like when you sat back and think about it and realize that how like struggling John was in terms of his addiction. Like he never gave up on the foot, never, never let Shannon like make an offer to him. Like, Hey, $2,000 or something like that. Like, yeah. It was just it was kind of weird that he like actually had this very firm con conviction despite sort of struggling with all this stuff that he just wanted that foot. Uh, yeah. Maybe he's just so motivated by like the, like the, how it, I don't know how he lost his leg and the connection to his father. I mean, still, even then, like even the deepest addictions, you're right. You would have thought like, yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's get rid of this leg. Going through, yeah. Going through all that struggle and stuff. You, you, I'm just surprised he never said, fuck it. Give me the money or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We'll move on. we got a few <laughs> more to go. The wheel still has a couple more little things. I think this is a uh, Preston's turn. This one I kind of want to get to, but all right. We're going to just... I'll land it on two. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, so this is a uh, put me in your movie, Preston. So get your thinking cap on. This is put, put me in your movie. During the film, a German talk show host suggests to Shannon and John that they should sell their story to Hollywood. If they did, who would you cast to play them in the movie? Damn. That's a great question. Um, I think with Shannon, I'm doing Jack Black. <laughs> That's good. I, I just think about Jack Black. And uh, with John, I'm going to do... Um, Wow, I'm actually going to do someone that Jack Black was in a movie with. Uh, Steve's on. Interesting. From uh, uh, Saving Silverman. Oh, actually, that is good. Yeah, Steve's yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rod, do you have any uh, any thoughts on casting these people? Uh, I, I really like Preston's choices, but I just really think Matthew McConaughey would do a good job. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. Which, I think he. I'm curious to say, like, <laughs> to put on like 70 pounds and be sure. Yeah. <laughs> for John, right? That's what you're saying. For, yeah, yeah. For John's mom. Uh, <laughs> actually, 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 Matthew McConaughey kind of looks like that grinning brother-in-law. Like his character in True Detective kind of has that grinning, yeah. like plus 50 pounds or whatever. <laughs> I thought of my first thought was like Horatio Sands. All you got to do is like add a little. <laughs> He does Shannon, and then he, you got Horatio's got to gain, gain weight for that role. Has he lost weight? Yeah, no. he's looking up a picture. He's super skinny. Oh, and then I, and then I thought, like, even though he just got cast apparently to play uh, Joe Exotic, I was thinking uh, uh, Nick Cage to play John, just yeah. because he kind of had like I just wanted to rehear that sort of deep Southern accent he does in uh, Con Air, <laughs> and because he always is like Mama, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited about seeing Nick Cage. <laughs> exotic. Their mommy issues. Okay, uh, we'll we'll end the wheel here. Even though maybe unless we got like one more topic that I really want to get to, I don't really think there is too much. Uh, the rest of the questions aren't that great. So uh, we'll end by uh, rating rating the documentary, and then we will spin the wheel for what we're going to do next. So let's do the ratings first. Rod, do you want to kick it off with the ratings since it was your pick? I give it an 82. <clears throat> Just a solid solid B, kind of B minus. 82. Preston? Um, yeah, it's kind of tough to, to do documentaries unless they're just poorly done, you know? But I, I mean, I'm going to do an 85. I mean, I thought it was a very compelling story. It was certainly nothing I've ever seen before, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 90. I actually really liked it, even though like, I thought it was funny. I just loved how they sort of drew the comparisons between the two characters and sort of yeah. uh, uh, were able to dig kind of pretty deep in both of their uh, personal lives. And it sort of explained what their motivations were throughout the whole movie. Uh, I thought it was a good job. It was sort of shortly uh, as like it was well focused. It didn't try to get too involved. Like they yeah. pretty much two characters. And then just the minor offshoots of how those characters sort of came to be. Yeah, they kept and they kept it concise. It wasn't too long. It was just yeah, like, it was only like an hour and twenty. It was a nice little, yeah. nice little doc. Nice, good, funny, and uh, very insightful at the same time. Okay, so now we're going to spin the wheel for what we're doing next. Uh, yeah, the, we've got the options are the gift. We've got Anna. We've got lethal weapon. We've got good boys. We've got war dogs. We've got hook. We've got us, we've got Leon the Professional, and we have 
bright, which I kind of wanted to change, but I couldn't think of anything. But those are the nine options. We're going to spin the wheel, see what we review next. Let's go. Here it goes. Here we go, y'all. I'm going to let y'all see it. Yeah, please. Uh, that's ten. Ten. Ten is nothing. Ten is nothing. So I got to respin. The wheel is finicky tonight. God damn it. We're gonna... <laughs> that's, the, that's the third ten tonight. We're not doing ten this time. Three. That is Lethal Weapons. So, Ooh, classic. Uh, late 80s classic. A uh, fun one with uh, Danny Glover and with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never seen it, so I want to see it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I haven't either. I, just saw it on Netflix. I know that people love the movie, so I figured if I pick it, <laughs> A, I want to see it. I heard it's really good, and B, it might be something that people want to hear what we have to say about it. So yeah. that's what we're, doing. we're doing Lethal Weapon next. That's a me pick, so then I get to pick one after that. Preston, you're, you are unlucky with the wheel so far, so it's been a Rod and a Matthew sort of thing. <sighs> All right, guys, that was good up. Check that wheel. Uh, yeah, so everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, go and like and subscribe and help us out. Give us, and, uh, you know. Tell, tell your friends about us if you really do like us. So that would be really helpful to help us grow and become the uh, best movie review podcast on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, any closing words? Uh, I just did mine. Y'all done? Keep yeah. on budding. Yeah, Preston looks like he needs to take a nap. All right. Thanks, guys. Sleepy time. <laughs>